Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined for my fortnightly catch-up on the UK energy markets uh, by my colleague Jason Durden, Head of Energy Markets and Risk Management at Alpha. Jason, there's a lot of new stuff happening at the moment. There's nothing more new than the UK emissions trading system. And I gather the first primary auctions have just taken place and generated quite high prices. Is that right? Yes. Uh, hello, Jeremy. UKA's launched last Wednesday. And uh, the first auction was uh, highly successful, highly oversubscribed. I suppose the slight surprise to many commentators in the market and observers was that UK was trading at a significant premium to EUAs. Also, volumes tended to be a bit light. We've seen spreads. It's a fledgling market. It's finding itself... We're only getting auctions every two weeks as opposed to sort of three or four a week in the EU by help, you know, sheer scale. The UK may have been the second largest participant in UKAs, but it was only one of a number of participants. Six million tonnes an auction, except for the peak summer being auctioned off. So a lot of activity, I suspect, going to be seen around the initial auctions. And then probably a relatively small, isolated commodity market type basis for trading. Bid offer spreads are quite wide. Not a great deal of volume is trading on a daily basis compared to obviously what's being auctioned off. So very early days. I mean, reasonably successful, I think. There's a market out there where participants can actually deal in um, more than a financial hedge, an actual physical compliance uh, requirement. We did see a bit of volatility on the first day because obviously I think once the auction allowances were allocated, those holding financial hedges for EUAs were pretty much dumping them. So it, it was a big down day for EUAs and we saw quite a bit of volatility around that. I think it's been 10% plus the premium once you've adjusted the currency. And I think that's probably taken the market a little bit by shock. And it's just underpinned that UK power continues to be a one-way bet. Indeed. And uh, I know it's been a subject of some concern from energy intensive industries and others in Britain about uh, the impact of all of this on UK power prices, because obviously if there's going to be a persistent premium in carbon pricing as well as everything else, that's going to find its way through into higher electricity prices. So do you expect this sort of premiums likely to last or is it too early to say? I mean, in the long term, presumably, if there's a linkage developed between the UK and EU systems, you would imagine the, the price would equal out. But we're somewhere away from that at the moment, I understand. Yeah, I think in the in the short medium term, certainly in terms of December 21, I think it would be fair to understand that there won't be a direct link and therefore there could be a premium. You'd want to see how allocations go. I mean, I think the one bright spot here is there'll possibly be, it's less attractive to the whole investor speculator market. And by that, I mean, exchange traded funds and things like this being set up because it's a, it's a relatively small market. 
if you want to trade carbon speculatively as a non-settled asset effectively apart from or cash settled asset then you'd still choose to do that in a much larger market the eu market so yes if the goal is still long term to have them connected then obviously they eventually move to parity in the short term especially while things settle down difficult to see it being anything other than a premium now i suppose other than i would expect probably that premium to narrow as we get more auctions and there is some granularity around which each individual participants allocations are which i think should be known by the end of this month Well, that's going to be something very interesting to watch. Turning now to gas, we've seen some big swings in the prices there as well, I gather. And for some of us who've been shivering through some unseasonably cold weather, I gather the outlook for temperatures here in adjacent countries in Europe is looking a bit better. Is that right? Yes. So I suppose the whole of Q1 was particularly cold and then uh, April was more like Q1 than Q1 probably. What we've seen in May is we've had a continuation of cold, relatively lifeless weather in May up until sort of the last week or 10 days and then actually renewables have kicked back into life not just in the UK but across Europe and the focus has kind of moved on from where we are right now which is the bottom of another trough in temperatures and it's looking towards a a much more seasonably forecast June which obviously removes some of that demand support that we've been seeing from the fact that we've all been running with central heating on and various other things in the middle of May. So yes, a more promising outlook. I suppose demand in the UK has been moderated a little bit by less gas for power demand and that's been quite useful but a lot of volatility that just coincided with the new UK carbon allowance trading but we saw in the previous week last time we spoke we saw the market move up to I think the day ahead was trading uh, as was front month at near 70 pence a firm which is significant should we say to be slightly understated we then saw a bit of a technical correction when UKAs first came in in terms of gas pricing there was a number of things going on there but obviously markets that are looking technically extended will always look to correct. What we've seen in the uh, session since, we've seen markets come off significantly from those peaks two weeks ago, but they have recovered from their one-day sell-off that we saw in the middle of last week. Right, and uh, I guess another issue that some might be concerned about, uh, we're recording this just after we found that you heard the news about the extraordinary interception of a plane above Belarus and so on, that's a country that it's a transit country for energy coming from Russia into Central Europe. Has the market's taken this sort of event in its stride? Is there any reason for concern there as far as energy is concerned? Well, I think one has to be aware of it. It's certainly not pushed anything directly into uh, pricing immediately. It's going to be supportive background. If we look at what we've been doing in terms of some of the biggest activity and, and the market nerves in recent weeks has been around Obviously, the lack of Nord Stream 2, although better news there. It looks like the American view is softening. So we've been watching auctions and auction activity for increased capacity or some of the dormant capacity that was effectively sacked off in anticipation of Nord Stream 2 coming back on. Now, the Russians haven't got involved in buying anything more than uh, sort of expected volumes for the balance of this year which is reduced on the basis that they've lost ukraine the volumes that were going to be diverted from ukraine to Nord Stream 2 and 
So if we're talking about Yamal going through Belarus, yes, it does. It's a really key transit segue. Things would have to be materially a lot worse now, but it is there as an issue. Diverting flows to Ukraine would be possible because the capacity is there, but we're into the dark art of politics at that stage, and then one doesn't know. So it's a big transit route and must be on the radar of concerns. But is it a driver at this moment in time? No, not at all. Well, that's encouraging. Let's hope uh, no news is good news there and continues to be so. But of course, the impact of uh, carbon pricing and gas price volatility, that feeds through to the power market. I suppose the flip side of having some uh, pretty grim weather in Britain is we've seen some high wind speeds recently, which has uh, resulted in a lot of output from the UK's considerable wind resource, which will have depressed prices at some times. Uh, But we've had high prices at others and the cost of balancing continues to rise. So what's the situation? in the power market? I think that's one of the unreally discussed stories that's knocking around is, uh, you know, what's happened to the balancing market. We are seeing with relatively high return of renewables, we just haven't seen um, that slackening off in the balancing market. We're still seeing really big swings. Yeah, we've got an extension to Britned being off now from the last review said it's pushed the start date back from the 1st of June to the 9th of June. So that interconnect has really been offline pretty much most of this winter, which is, considering how new it is, that seems to be a little bit uh, counterintuitive. But yeah, so the balancing market for me is the big story in power, with it being so volatile and well-supported and participants being able to really, really hold out for very high prices before they kind of supply the market with the power it needs in certain slots then that's distorting the day ahead price, which continues to trade, or even on days where we've got high pan-European day ahead prices. The premiums in the UK market have been extended. And obviously that just translates into a much higher support level for forward months. Um, You know, hence why we've got a £70 summer effectively. Well, thanks, Jason, for that explanation, even if uh, part of it's probably rather unwelcome for some of the people listening. The uh, the extent of that UK premium is a bit of a problem for consumers. But, you know, as you say, volatility, a characteristic of the market. And I have a feeling we might be returning to the question of balancing prices in future. So thank you for your insights. Always stimulating as ever. If you'd like to find out more, do visit our website, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK. Have a look at our reports there and do join us again for another podcast soon.